This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. You're a human being and you've got vulnerability and sensitivity to your environment. And what we know from research and science is that the smallest things often cause a reaction in us. So we can be sensitive to smells, time of day, how much sleep we've gotten, diet. And you're also really vulnerable to being out of your routine, especially if your routine has been the thing that actually parents you or helps you to feel normal. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll discuss immunity for those who have heart health issues. We'll learn about modern approaches to French cooking. We'll hear about mindful navigation during challenging times. And lastly, we'll consider natural approaches to memory loss. But first, a little bit of business. Wayne Elliott here to share my great experience over the past 20 years with Strauss Heart Drops. If you've had bypass surgery, stents, have angina, diabetes, cold hands and feet, grayish blue lips or skin, I urge you to try Strauss Heart Drops and feel better again soon. Strauss Heart Drops saved my life and thousands of others without risk or harm. Go to StraussNaturals.ca to order online or find a store near you. I promise you won't be sorry. I hope you give this to yourself. Thank you. Honest opinions on health and wellness. Wayne Elliott has used his experience of over 25 years to help anyone he can use natural remedies to better their everyday lives. An advocate for natural health and wellness, Wayne has worked tirelessly to ensure that those around him live their very best lives. Welcome back to the show, Wayne. How are you? Thank you. Very well, always. Thank you. So, Great to be back. Yeah. Since we last spoke, the world has changed and uh, we're dealing with COVID. And there are people who are particularly susceptible to perhaps getting the dreaded virus and those who are immune compromised and who have heart issues. And that's near and dear to what you're all about. So I thought it would be interesting today if we we talked about why it's important to keep our immune systems healthy and uh, what we might do to do that, particularly if we have pre-existing heart issues. Absolutely, uh, Jamie. As the statistics say that those suffering heart disease of one type or another, they're at the top of the list of those at risk with corona, the, the highest uh, in the, the folks uh, perishing from it, or with it, rather. Next is diabetics, and then cancer sufferers and lung disease at about half the rate of those with heart disease. So you bet immune system, of course, is, is we're just best to stay as healthy as we can all the time to avoid all kinds of things, including the viruses, cancer, and, uh, and all the, the creatures and ailments that can attack us. So, you know, in the Strauss heart drops, for example, aged garlic extract is the main ingredient. It was shown to be over generations, really, the best natural substance for immune support. The main reason for the heart drops, of course, is to clear arteries, dissolve plaque and cholesterol, and give us 100% blood flow. But that uh, aged garlic extract is just an excellent way to help keep your immune system in uh, good shape. It's so important. That's our defense department, uh, Jamie, our immune system. Our lymphatic system is like the infantry or the first ones in, yep. and uh, so it's very important as well, and folks can always consider a, a lymphatic cleanse and as well. you just it, It's plain and simple. Your defense department, 
I was kind of stressed when I watched a, a video, Jamie, from a Dr. Bruce Lipton called Never Get Sick Again. And it was, it was only 10 minutes long, but it was great graphics and a great explanation by the doctor of what happens inside us when we get stressed or too anxious. Yep. I was kind of shocked, to be honest with you. Everybody knows the expression stress kills, but never really knew why. And this doctor does a great job of, of illustrating why. And uh, so stress is another thing that's very unhealthy. And I, unfortunately, one of the major fallouts from this virus uh, pandemic, Jamie, is that so many people, between being isolated and not working and uh, life not being normal, there's a lot of stress. So people should try and be mindful of that and try and get outside and get that fresh air and sunshine. And don't let your diet slip too bad. It's an easy time to eat all the sugary treats. And I'm, you know, I'm not preaching to the choir, Jamie. Me nope. too. I, I've, yeah. I don't know why that is, but it's the last time, the, really the least that thing that we need at this time. It won't help our immune system a bit. I agree. By the way, for listeners, we'll we'll post a link uh, to Dr. Lipton's uh, talk. Wayne, you'll you'll get me that link, and, and we'll put it up on the website. Explain a bit about Jim Strauss and, and his sort of philosophies in, in supporting our immune system and heart health, and how it all ties together for you. Because I know you have some interesting stories there. Well, Jim was a uh, a real student of nature, Jamie, and he just understood so well and in such a basic common sense way. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got me to understand it so well. I'm not a highly educated person. And uh, he was just so in tune with nature. Of course, being introduced to a Strauss heart drop saved my life and changed my life. So that was the most profound thing in my life. But meeting Jim Strauss was the, and, and all my months where he lived with me here in Ontario and we traveled together and his teachings. That was the most profound teachings of my life. And he he had expressions that kind of were his motto, like everything and nature has provided everything our bodies will ever need. And, you know, I believe that, I believe that still do, that everything we need. I remember Jim telling me a few years before he passed that he'd been out in the woods and meadows and uh, tasting herbs and so forth, and he discovered three antibiotic herbs that we had no use for. I said, what do you mean by that, Jim? What does that mean to you? He said, there's more disease coming. And things like this that I never heard from anyone else. The, the other thing is that uh, is pretty profound, if you think of it, Jamie. Uh, he would say, if you're not made from it, it cannot fix you. Mm-hmm. And for us to expect man-made chemicals to fix or heal us would be like taking our car to the lumber yard to fix with two-by-fours and plywood. You need materials that the automobile is made from. We need materials that our cells are made from in order to truly fix us. So in the case of natural substances, like our foods, they don't seek to change our body's functions and deal with symptoms. They support our body's functions to operate as they are supposed to. That's the big difference between chemical pharmaceutical drugs and natural foods and natural remedies such like the Strauss company makes right. and has made for years. So it's natural is really, it's quite a word. It's, it's, I've noticed, Jamie, it's an overused word like organic and drives me crazy when I see organic seedless grapes, for example. So that's organic, <laughs> yeah. man-made or artificial or right. frankenfood grapes. Yeah. And it's kind of an oxymoron. So that word natural is so important. And my, I had a grandmother who preached that from the time we could understand. And it turns out, I believe she was correct as well with, with everything that she said. Yep. 
there are a lot of people that share your thoughts on that. So I- explain how the heart drops, stress heart drops, they support our immune system, but they do much more, right? They do, and that's why I say they saved my life, Jamie. I had clogged arteries, plaque buildup in a big way, and I think from drinking as much milk as I drank, which was just an inhuman amount of, I drank more milk than any baby cow, I'm sure of it, uh, <laughs> in my first half of my life, and I, I loved it. I yep. loved chocolate, I loved white, I loved milkshakes. I even had a Dairy Queen as a first business, and I drank more milkshakes than any 10 customers ever did. Uh, every day. Well, it didn't work out for me, Jamie. And by the time I was in my mid-30s, of course, I wasn't playing sports anymore. And I was I was in trouble. I had all the angina symptoms and developed an irregular heartbeat. The day a dear friend recommended Strauss Heart Drops to me was the day I, I got them in the express mail another day or two. Well, that was the day my life started to change and my health started to improve. And it's very, very simple, really. It's kind of like Drano for our blood system. It safely and without chemicals dissolves the plaque and cholesterol that either restrict or block our blood flow. And every single cell in our body, Jamie, needs blood, or we wouldn't have 60,000 kilometers. I still can't hardly believe that or get my head around it, but 60,000 kilometers of vessels, veins, little capillaries and arteries in our bodies. It's almost unimaginable, but we do, and that's to carry blood to every single cell because blood flow is our life. It is our energy. And wherever we don't have it or it's restricted and we don't have enough of it, for example, to our brain, we'd have a brain attack or a stroke to our heart, a heart attack, because the blood is the only transportation system in our body. So it must carry the oxygen, the water, the food, the medicine, the waste. Everything has to travel in that blood system. So it is the most important that when we have it restricted or blocked, we're going to have trouble somewhere, Jamie. Yeah. You use the phrase Drano, and I just want to clarify, you're speaking figuratively, not literally <laughs> That's right. like like our yeah. friends to the south who are suggesting uh, Lysol injections, right? No, that's right. Don't do not do any, don't drink any chemicals, folks. It's bad enough we have them in our homes right. and all around us. You sure don't want to ingest any. So, no. yeah, thank you for clarifying that, <laughs> yeah. Jamie. No, yeah, you know, because we have listeners, <laughs> and if they just, you know, tuned in halfway, Wayne, I, I don't want to. That's I for I, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have any brass tubes or copper or plastic plumbing in us like our sinks and bathtubs and so forth do. So right. no, no Drano, no chemicals. The heart drops, though, they do it so safely, Jamie, dissolving that plaque. And, of course, they don't do it overnight. It's a process. Yeah. And uh, so we warn people that for the first four or five months, especially if you're in poorer condition, don't do anything more strenuous than you'd normally do. And then Jim Strauss would say, after four or five months, you can go and chase rabbits. And that's certainly been my experience. Yeah, you know, I think uh, longtime listeners to the show will know that there's no quick fixes. And really, you know, like if you, I, I'm going to do, I'm going to try and analogize the way you do. You know, if, if you think of yourself as an automobile, you know, you still have regular maintenance to do. Yeah. You know, there's still things that we have to do. You know, sleep, exercise, mindfulness, et cetera, et cetera. Jamie, it takes the whole thing, right? It yeah. takes the, it's not a one-thing deal. It's a lifestyle, as you said, and these are all important things. But never before has there been a time in history that we needed supplements, Jamie. No our, question. Our soil's depleted, you yeah. know, so I know I take full-spectrum minerals myself. My mom and I would get cramps in our legs and feet if we didn't take them. And it's not in our foods because it's not in the soil. So I don't think there's ever been a time for people to be a bigger part of their own health 
you know, their own health. I agree. So what other supplements, like I I know we're talking about cardio health. So what else should we contemplate in that regard? Well, what I take and what I'd recommend to anyone is the Strauss Heart Drops, the Strauss Cardio Calm, in case you have any damaged heart cells, or if you have, certainly if you have an irregular heartbeat like I developed and had for many years, the kidney blood pressure formula. Half of, at least half of blood pressure, high blood pressure issues are in the kidneys. So it's just a great thing to kill the bacteria in the kidney and to cleanse the kidney. It's like our, you know, much of this detoxing business and cleansing, Jamie, you can refer back to the auto or your home furnace. If we don't change those filters in our furnace, and I've been guilty of that, and I live on a, you, on a beach, and uh, boy, they can get clogged up. Next thing you know, you're not getting enough heat. You know, you got to keep the filters clean. Same as in your car, it will come to a stop if you don't change that oil filter. Right. So we're our bodies are the same, really. We're, and I think it's because Jamie of all the chemicals in our lives. Hundred and sixty thousand commercial airplane flights a day. Not just now, and the environment's getting a big break just now. I'd like to say. Yep. With the lack of cars and pollution now, it's a, it's amazing, really. But we're surrounded by chemicals and these genetically modified foods that they're not natural. And Jim Strauss always felt they lacked the enzymes that we need, the building blocks for life. Since scientists have warned of other dangers, Jamie, but the very fact that we're not getting enough of what we need is, is really enough to know, isn't it? And yeah. So you want to tr- do your best to get good foods. It's harder every day not to get foods that are or don't contain GMOs. But uh, once again, we need to, you know, we need to, people do their own research and, uh, and find great products like the Strauss products and, and supplement your health. I'm three years, four years at least, Jamie, and, and doing it. This year we're doing it. We're going to build a greenhouse and build a garden with the original seeds, mostly with salad uh, ingredients is, yep. is where I'm going to start. But I think it's just so important for, you know, at least a few times a week to get 100% good, nutritious, natural foods into it. I just, you know, it's like uh, you're starving to death and someone gives you a bite off of their cob of corn. It's not going to sustain you for long. We need enough good stuff. I understand. I don't know if it's the province or the city of Toronto, but they've designated communal gardens as necessary. Fabulous. And I actually was going to go research it because I have my own garden in my backyard. I was going to go look and see where I can get my plants this year because we do have We don't grow as many salad vegetables, but I I grew, I think, what might be the biggest zucchini known to man last year. Beautiful. So that's certainly something we're familiar with on the show. Jamie, you know what you've got to try? Sorry to interrupt you there, but is this Iron Earth, and one of our companies started to handle this. It's 100% natural. It comes right out of the ground. There's a large vein of it in the southern United States. It looks like coal, but it has every one of the minerals and high humic uh, acids, and I don't pretend to be a grower or understand the chemistry behind it all. But why I love it, Jamie, is that there are no chemicals. There are zero additives. The only process is a milling process to bring it down to about the size of sea salt, you know, so that it does dissolve in your gardens. We have done four years of trials, and it's just tremendous, the growth of all kinds of plants, right, from Japanese maples to the various produce. We grew it in the community garden here for the city for year. I guess the last four years, and, and proved it out. And I just can't wait to have my own 
supply of food that has zero chemicals on it. No well, pesticides, insecticides, herbicides, fungicides, chemical fertilizers. I, I would like to eat none of that, Jamie. I'm with you. I, I got you one better. I will try that earth. I didn't need to historically. We we may or may not have had illegal chickens in our backyard for a summer, and I may or may not have used their poop to fertilize my food. So we had some great natural fertilizer there that really worked. But if people are interested in finding more about the Iron Earth or any of the Strauss products, where should they go, Wayne? Well, for Iron Earth, you can go to Iron Earth Canada. And uh, for the Strauss company, it's straussnaturals.ca. And they've got a nice website, very informative, and some lovely uh, customer service representatives. These ladies are are just great with people. I know and they're good enough to keep me in touch with emails they get, and I chime in if I can help anywhere. But, yeah, so Strauss, S-T-R-A-U-S-S, naturals.ca is the place for more information. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. It's always my pleasure, Jamie. All the best. We'll hear back from Wayne next month. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss modern French cooking on The Tonic. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy, enjoy the detox, enjoy the great taste. Purely natural, liquid greens. Are you stressed out? Feel exhausted? Having trouble sleeping? New Roots Herbal offers natural supplements to help take the edge off, relax, and sleep better. Discover de-stress, chill pills, and sleep aid from New Roots Herbal. Natural ingredients and guaranteed purity for a better day and a restful night. Find these and other New Roots Herbal products exclusively at quality health food stores. For more information, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. In addition to being a lawyer, my next guest has been writing for Tonic Magazine for over six years. And since 2015, she's written the very popular cookbook review column, My Wife, Naomi. Hey, sweetheart. Hi. So today we're going to reminisce about our our last trip to France because the topic is French cooking. Yes? Mm -hmm. Yes. Excited about that. But everybody has their own ideas of what French cooking is. What do you think it is? If I were to say... You know, what's French food? What what comes to mind? It's funny because it still makes me think of Julia Child and chefs with tall white hats and croissants, butter, cream, cheese, sauces, even though I, I don't know that that's accurate and that's not what France is like today. But that is what comes to mind for me. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way, right? Like, I mean, particularly if you're not a foodie, I mean, I think everybody thinks of like the, you know, the complicated and fussy dishes, but that's not really the reality, right? No, and I mean, having been to France, but even if you haven't been, think about, you know, just like with all of Europe, the beautiful fresh produce, the fresh herbs, the strong flavors, you know, the small farm-raised meat, the, you know, capers, anchovies, garlic, onions, like it it actually can be quite rustic. It can be very refined, but also rustic. So it's it's all, you know, it's a many different types of things. It's not just one thing, and it's not just traditional fancy food. Right. I mean, you can find 
you know, all of the high end stuff, if you're going to like a three star Michelin restaurant or a two star, you know, the very complicated and, and foo foo type food. But, you know, if you're in the country, if you're in wine country or, you know, you're in a small town, you're not necessarily going to get that. That's right. I mean, French people are real people, too. They're not going and eating fancy food in restaurants, either. They work, they go to school, they're strapped for time, just like we are. Right. They're also concerned about their health, and they, you know, they're not eating you know, heavy cream sauces all the time. No. There have been lots of books and discussions about, you know, French women don't get fat, and the, the idea that, you know, kids eat what they're told, and everybody can eat some dessert. They just eat smaller portions, and that may well be true. But there's a variety of food. It's really not just eating small portions of rich chocolate cake and croissants. No. You know, they eat fresh food and plant-based food and all that that we do, too. And, you know, when we were in Paris, we saw all the different world cuisine. The one thing we didn't see was a lot of fast food, right? That's right. I mean, in contrast to when we were in Italy, and when you're in Italy, you can mostly get Italian food. Right. And I love Italian food, so that was great. But when I was in Paris, I saw there was a number of different cuisines, a lot of Asian influences, you know, a lot. But you could get Italian food, get Greek food, you get Thai food, quite a lot of different types of cuisines. It really was a world a world-class city. Not that I'm the first person to say that, but in Italy, they really focus on Italian food, and uh, France was different. Right. But, you know, I I think some of the most memorable food we had was when we went to that, you know, that weekly market in Versailles. You know, just the produce and the fresh food that you could just buy on the street was just amazing. Oh, it was gorgeous. I could spend all day looking through this market and, you know, eat. If you lived there, you could go and buy this and take it home and cook it. Of course, we were just trying to put together lunch, and we put together a very, very big lunch. Yes, because we did. It was just so, there's so many choices, including, you know, these small bottles of wine right. sold very cheaply. And it was we a found, great picnic. And we found that delicious cheese, Beaufort, that mm-hmm. we, we hadn't had before. Exactly. Things that are not available here. Okay. So, let's talk about some of the cookbooks that sort of help people who are interested in cooking, you know, different types of French food. Right. So, a new one has just come out, and that's what prompted me to talk about this today, but it's called Dinner in French by a writer called Melissa Clark. She's written a ton of cookbooks. She's a New York food writer. She's very reliable. Like her, one of her cookbooks, Dinner Changing the Game, is one that we use more than anything else. So when I when I saw this was coming out, I thought, okay, good, you know, willing to put my faith in Melissa Clark. She's American. She lives in New York, but she went to France every summer as a, as a child and lived in France for a time. So what she does in this book is to create a feeling of the food that she ate there, the food and the flavors, but it is for North Americans, and it is weeknight friendly and using ingredients that are accessible here in Toronto. I mean, we have lots of ingredients here, but, you know, it, it is a North American cookbook, dinner in French as opposed to dinner in France. Right. And, and, you know, you mentioned the ingredients and that's one of the tricky parts, right? Like, for example, butter, which is in so many dishes, European butter is just different than North American butter. The fat content is just different. So, you know, there are subtle differences to the way food is going to taste. And I have a different cookbook where it about German baking, where yeah. it asks for European butter in every recipe. So in this one, she's not asking for European butter. She okay. just says butter, and she's adapting her recipes, you know, to accommodate that. Okay, and we did try some of those, so let's talk about that. We did. So there's a recipe for roasted tarragon chicken with crispy mushrooms. Now, we don't love tarragon. I no, know we, it's lo- we loathe tarragon. Okay, but it- some of us loathe some of it. 
don't love. But yeah. there's other herbs, yeah. right? Like everything is adaptable. So instead of tarragon, we used thyme because I do like fresh thyme. So you know, a simple roast chicken with herbs of your liking, and you cook it partway, just the chicken, and then you add mushrooms. But really quite simple. You don't have to cook the mushrooms separately. You don't have to saute any onions or garlic. You just cook the chicken, and then halfway through, throw the mushrooms around the chicken. And they and got super crispy. They got crispy. They were delicious. Yeah. You cook it at a very high heat. It was really good. Like, it was just really yummy and not at all hard. So yep. definitely a, you know, must-try and with that, we also made roasted tomatoes with lemony anchovy crumbs. And what I thought was interesting is she talks about how, yes, you know, tomatoes are wonderful in August when they're at their peak freshness. But this recipe is even good when it's not August or September and right. the tomatoes are not great because you're roasting them. So if you really like tomatoes, you can kind of have this all year round. And we used heirloom tomatoes, but they're mm-hmm. pretty accessible. I mean, you can find them in most grocery stores. So. Yeah. Some form of roast tomatoes. It actually had large tomatoes and little cherry tomatoes. And then you make lemony anchovy crumbs, panko breadcrumbs, anchovies, lemon, garlic, Parmesan cheese, some herbs, and sprinkle it on top and roast it. So it was also really good and it did taste very French. Yeah. And the anchovies, you know, you don't think of them as being a French item, but actually they're used quite a bit in, in the south of France. Mm-hmm. And they're one of those hot ticket items. Last month we talked about beans being hot, but anchovies are, are also hot as well. Yes, they're in every new cookbook. There's just like multiple recipes for anchovies that I never would have seen even five years ago, nor would I have even tried them because yeah. I don't like them. But they just melt. And they, they do. add some good flavor. Adding umami inexpensively to dishes in, in ways that, you know, and even if you don't like fish, you know, you, you can't really notice them once they're cooked. Mm-hmm. Okay. So other dishes to try, uh, red wine poached eggs with mushrooms and bacon, which is a classic burgundy dish, which we tried when we were there. And it looked a little funny with the red wine sauce, yeah. but it was good. Yeah. It was good. And to try that here, a croque monsieur casserole, another dish we had when we were in Paris. Yeah, croque but monsieur. Mm. Croque monsieur, nothing, nothing bad about that. Shrimp and mushrooms with a garlicky herb butter. I thought this one was kind of cool because she, what she said is she's trying to mimic the flavors of escargot and butter. But if you don't want to eat escargot, the shrimp and mushrooms together will give you that earthiness. It's a good thing to try. Okay. Now... Everybody knows you love to bake. Mm-hmm. What are your go-to baking, French baking cookbooks? Well, I love Dory Greenspan, as I've said many times on the show. I yep. feel like I should get some. Folks. She's your spirit <laughs> animal. Yeah. yeah. She is also an American who splits her time between New York or Connecticut and Paris. And she's written quite a number of cookbooks, baking and not baking. But one of her books is called Baking Chez Moi. And she's got a recipe for tiger cakes, which I which I make quite regularly, these little almond chocolate butter cakes, which are very easy to make, taste very French and difficult, but they're not at all. You just stir it together. Also, whoopie pies. She calls them les whoopies. They're filled with a peanut butter filling, and she explains that you know peanut butter is really not very French, but she's taken whoopie pies and Frenchified them with her techniques. That's a really good, often requested recipe around this house. Yes, but she also has books that aren't about baking, right? Mm-hmm. She has another one called Around My French Table, which focuses on how French people would actually cook and eat. And that's a good one. So if you like French food, but you're not looking for fussy or difficult recipes, that's a good one to try. Your classic 
shaved carrot salad, which I really like, roast chicken, a number of different versions, 20-minute honey-glazed duck breast, right? Mm -hmm. Like you think of duck as being complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Roasted salmon and lentils, all these classic French dishes, but they're updated and they, you know, can be made relatively easily for North Americans. Okay, and we have time for one last recommendation. Is there another author you would recommend? David Leibovitz, another similar to Dory Greenspan. He's an American who's been living in Paris. He lives in Paris full-time for quite a number of years. He's got a great blog, so you can look him up if you don't want to buy a cookbook. He also wrote a book called My Paris Kitchen, which is similar to Dory Greenspan's Around My French Table. Steak with mustard butter and French fries, mustard chicken, these sort of traditional French flavors and how to make them at home. He's written lots of cookbooks, including an ice cream book, which isn't French at all, but I own and cook from. So he's a reliable, good writer, too. Definitely something to try. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. You're going to come back next month, right? Of course. Exactly. That was Naomi Bussin. We've got to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. Jack Nathan Health offers Canadians convenient care with 74 multidisciplinary clinics located within Walmart stores. The largest ever Jack Nathan Health Medical Centre is now open in Vaughan, Ontario at 8300 Highway 27. The new 8300 square foot clinic offers integrated services for the whole family, including family medicine, physiotherapy and chiropractic, chronic pain management, massage and a registered dietitian. There's also an on-site Dynacare blood laboratory plus same-day referrals, walk-in appointments and a new annual health assessment option. Jack Nathan Health is a one-stop shop for proactive health management. For more information, visit jacknathanhealth.com. The Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non-GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Tracy Sagrati has 20 years of clinical experience with formal education in molecular biology, nursing, critical care nursing, advanced life support, anatomy and pathophysiology, parenting child development, health education, perinatal care, Swedish massage, and Thai and yoga massage. She's also a certified yoga therapist who has led over 2,000 hours in yoga teacher training, over 3,000 hours in private yoga and yoga therapy and teacher mentorship sessions, and over 10,000 hours teaching yoga classes, workshops, and events. She's also a mindfulness expert. Her free meditation recordings can be found on the Insight Timer app. Follow her at Tracy Sograti on Instagram and Twitter and Sograti Yoga on Facebook. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jamie. It's great to be here. Yeah, so we are still in the midst of challenging times. And thankfully, mindfulness is a set of tools that we can use to help us with those challenging times, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you mentioned a key variable here. It's a set of tools you can use, meaning you have to choose to use them. So they're effective, but also dose-dependent. 
And what I mean by that is just like if you were taking a medication, like a pharmaceutical, you need to take your dose every day and it's got to be the appropriate dose. Mindfulness is the same thing. You've got to practice it a little bit every day. Frequency is more important than duration. Right. It's like working out and eating healthy and getting a good night's sleep. You can do it once and hooray for you. But if you really want it to take effect, it's got to be a lifestyle decision. Exactly. You've got to change your habits. Right. So what would be a good first step in using mindfulness to deal with what we've got going on? So the first thing is to really acknowledge your own vulnerability. And I mean that from a macrocosm perspective and a microcosm perspective. So there's our vulnerability around what's happening in the world and over what we can't control. But there's also, you know, you're a human being and you've got vulnerability and sensitivity to your environment. And what we know from research and science is that the smallest things often cause a reaction in us, right? So we can be sensitive to smells, time of day, how much sleep we've gotten, diet, you know, everything that you just said. And you're also really vulnerable to being out of your routine, especially if, if your routine has been the thing that actually parents you, right? Or guides you or, or helps you to feel normal. Right. And so we have to acknowledge it and actually ask ourselves, okay, well, what, what, you know, put your hand on your chest and ask what makes me feel vulnerable right now. And if you're not sure, if that's kind of a tricky question, you can also ask yourself, well, what makes me feel mad, frustrated, or impatient? And typically, uh, the vulnerability is, is just below those things. You could add rage in there as well. And are you speaking to me specifically? Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> these, these sessions are part Janie therapy. Well, you know, <laughs> no, COVID has brought out the best in me. You'll be happy to know. I've become, I've become a much kinder and better person. Oh, I love you, Jamie. I love you, see all the mindfulness work that you've been doing. Exactly. Yeah. So the other thing I would say about acknowledging your vulnerability is really asking yourself the question, what is really in my control, you know? And and from there, you have to determine what you can actually modify. The things that are out of our control, we have to practice letting that go. And I know it's easy for me to say that and much harder to do in real time. But it's really important to make that discerning decision about control and then really practice letting go of the things that, you know, are really outside of our realm of course of action. Yeah, I mean, but you're not talking about, like, turning a blind eye. You're just sort of... No. It's a change in focus, correct? It's just a change in focus. The the key is, like, we have to act, right? We have a a responsibility to act within the context of our own health and, and mental health and well-being and within the context of the fact that, you know, especially if you're a parent, you provide the emotional climate for your whole family. Right. And so you have a responsibility there. And so you have to, I think, it's necessary then to change your lens of focus towards things that you can actually change right right and to expend and use your energy intelligently right Uh, because otherwise you're just wasting your energy by worrying about things that you can't do anything about right And, and we can affect our relationships right absolutely absolutely and for you know for better or for worse And so my second piece that I would say in terms of navigating challenging times is to turn towards relationships that support your health and well-being. And that means sitting down and consciously reflecting, you know, who are the people in your life that support pro-social choices? Who are the people in your life that support your health, your well-being, what you eat, your growth as a person, who adds light in your life, you know, when you connect with them, that you, you feel lifted up and that you're doing the same for them. 
who are the people who ask questions that allow you to feel seen and heard, right? And and through that dyad that you're in with that person, when they ask questions of you, that actually prompt you to connect back with them in the same way. And those are the relationships, those pro-social relationships that are going to actually help you to become more resilient at a time of vulnerability, especially because, as I said in our, our last interview last month that we did together, we're kind of in a marathon right? Right. rather yep. than a sprint. And that's a really important discernment and awareness to have right now. You know, and I would say the third thing, just as I'm talking about turning towards relationships that support health and well-being, and this one's kind of tricky, is to really turn away from toxic relationships. How do you do that when there are certain relationships that you really don't have a choice, right? Like you, there may be people that you have to interact with because mm-hmm. of who they are. Yeah, like, Would, you're, like are you talking about parents? I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not answering that question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, okay, sometimes we have necessary relationships. So it might be, say, a boss or right. a parent yep. or a child. Yep. Okay. And um, so well, let me just back up a step and say, okay, well, what's a toxic relationship? And here, here are some examples. If you have to walk on proverbial eggshells around the person yeah. all the time, if you have someone in your life who constantly creates drama, if you have someone in your life who brings negativity or behaves in a way that's incongruent with, say, your value system. Yep. And then the more obvious ones are like someone who insults you, manipulates you, uses your time, energy, or materials for their own personal gain. Like those are pretty clear. Yep. So say it's somebody who's a relative or your boss that you have to interact with regularly, then the key is to boundary those relationships. If it's a relative, just boundary how much time you're spending with them and what you're actually taking on. So that might take some mental navigation on your part. But the boundaries are really, really important. If it's your boss, once again, just keeping the relationship super professional, right? Doing your job to the letter and then creating a boundary in your mind with regards to how much you're taking on and maybe even doing something physical after interacting with the person. So if your stress hormones have been jacked, you can actually process those stress hormones and, and not ruminate over it. You know, I actually prefer working out at the end of the day because I, yeah. I, I use like the weightlifting and the aerobic stuff to actually clear my mind and work the stress out of my body. I actually prefer it. I know most people prefer to work out at the beginning of the day. I'm I'm the exact opposite. Yeah, well, it's actually really intelligent because, you know, working out, especially cardiovascular activity, is going to process all of your cortisol and your adrenaline or epinephrine. So it's, it's really, it's an intelligent thing that you've realized. And if we could get people to do that, you know, after they have an intense or a stressful situation, it would make a huge difference. And and that actually even goes into my next point, to take care of your body. You know, according to, I think it's the Heart and Stroke Foundation, they recommend a minimum of 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity per week. And there's other, I know there's a gerontologist, I can't remember his name, he actually recommends 240 minutes plus two strength training sessions. So... You know, if your if your body is actually your house, right, and you're spending most of the time in your house, in your body, yep. then you need to take care of it. So you need physical activity, you need good sleep, not too much alcohol. You know, I'm not going to say none, but you have to be mindful. And nutrition, right? Of How course. you feed your body is what grows your body. And 
So if you're putting garbage in your body, then you're you're going to feel really bad. Garbage in, garbage out. Exactly, exactly. And so you've got to take care of your body and make a plan around it, because you will you will talk yourself out of working out and going to bed early and eating well. You know, if you give yourself five to ten seconds, you'll talk yourself out of it. So just make a plan, put it in your calendar, and then act without thinking once you've made the plan. I'm a slippery slope guy. Once I get off my regimen, all bets are off. So I have to to remain on it 100% because I know if it's not 100%, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I I think most people are like that, Jamie. I think the disciplined people who are sort of innately like that from youth are the exception rather than the rule. Okay. And do you have any other tools that we can use in these difficult times? Yeah, I think the last thing that I want to go through is, you know, after you've created a plan for yourself is to practice something called cognitive defusion. And this is the process of looking at your thoughts rather than from your thoughts, okay? Mm -hmm. So when we're navigating challenging times, all of our old fears and trauma and perceptions about our ability to be safe or successful are going to come up. And if we let those thoughts kind of string along or if we look at the world from those thoughts, we're going to believe them to be true. Okay, Mm -hmm. And cognitive defusion asks you to defuse from your thoughts and to step back and just actually look at them and recognize that, okay, they're real, they're happening, and you are emotionally reacting to them, but it doesn't mean that they're true. Yes. Okay? And so it it takes a lot of regular practice. It's not like a magic pill that's going to fix your thoughts right away. But if you kind of distance yourself and step back and look at them, you can see, okay, well, I am having this thought. Yes, I'm emotionally reacting to it, but it doesn't mean it's true at all, actually. And the more you can do that, the more your nervous system will kind of relax, which will allow you to cope more easily. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Always my pleasure. You're going to come back next month and discuss more mindfulness issues, yes? Absolutely. That was Tracy Sograti. We've got to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. At Caregiver Services Limited, we specialize in 12 to 24-hour private care for seniors in private homes, hospitals, or facilities. We provide the highest level of customized service for families looking for a caregiver or personal support worker. To ensure the highest quality of care and support, we limit the number of clients we service. Whether you're looking for general live-in care or have more significant needs related to mobility issues, dementia, or palliative care, finding someone who's a great fit is most important. At Caregiver Services Limited, our highly experienced staff specialize in meeting the unique needs of 12- to 24-hour care. For more information, please visit caregiverservices.ca. Let our family help care for yours. Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of the Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighborhoods in Toronto. 
It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine, and vice versa. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Dr. Emily Lipinski graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto and is a member of the Ontario Association of Naturopathic Doctors. While in the academic world, Emily became fascinated with the potential applications of naturopathic medicine in health and wellness. She strongly believes in addressing the root cause of a medical issue and using natural therapies either alone or in conjunction with conventional Western medicine. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm trying to remember the last time you were here. Ha ha ha. Because we're talking about memory today, right? Yes, we are. And other than, you know, being like a goofball like me and getting up there in years, what causes memory loss? So from a disease standpoint, I think Alzheimer's and dementia are the first, you know, main diseases that come to mind. But we also know that stress, poor sleep, poor blood sugar control, certain vitamin deficiencies and medications can also be to blame for lack of memory. Hmm. Okay. So what can we do to prevent memory loss? So if we're talking first about Alzheimer's or dementia... First and foremost, we know that there's some risk factors to developing Alzheimer's. One is genetic. We can't do anything about that. But we also know that certain conditions that damage the heart and blood vessels also can increase your risk. So that would be uh, diabetes, stroke, high blood pressure, cholesterol. So making sure that you are working to prevent those diseases or have those things under control help to reduce your risk of Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. There's been some controversy around aluminum products. So when we look at the brain of a person with Alzheimer's disease, there's these abnormal proteins that kind of build up in the brain. And in some individuals, those proteins have aluminum wrapped around them. Are these the plaque studies that they were doing? Is that what you're referring to? Or am I thinking something else? There's the amyloid plaques and something called tau or neurofibular tangle. Right. Yeah, and it's not in all individuals. Originally, they thought that aluminum, you know, was in most people, but it seemed that there's some of the testing and the, and the things that they looked at to look at the brain maybe had actually leaked aluminum yeah. into the brain. So it seems like that there may be some truth to, and some benefit to avoiding aluminum. There may not be. We don't know enough yet. Right, and when we're talking about like aluminum, like I don't think people have to stop using aluminum foil per se. I think there was a time where they were using aluminum for piping and for cooking vessels, and that's, that's where right. a lot of the transfer was coming from. So let's not send people on a panic. I think aluminum foil is relatively safe. I mean, when you're cooking with aluminum, it yeah. will transfer to your food, especially, 100%. right? Yeah. But it's different if you're wrapping in aluminum. Correct. I'm a from an environmental standpoint, you know, I'm a big proponent of using things like glass or getting around aluminum if you can. Right. But, you know, from, you know, an evidence-based standpoint, we can't say that aluminum is absolutely involved in the progression development of, of Alzheimer's. Okay. What else can we do to perhaps avoid that memory loss from, from an Alzheimer's perspective? Keeping the brain active is one thing from a research standpoint that we know really helps. So one of the biggest things is word games, number puzzles, making sure we stay social as we age. So just keeping conversation up, keeping, you know, talking about world events, 
keeping the brain active and challenging the brain is really important to maintain memory. Right. So we've done a lot of discussions about neuroplasticity, but learning new skills, learning new languages, learning to play an instrument uh, exactly. as you get older can really help keep the pathways open, which prevents memory loss. Absolutely. And learning new things is ideal. But yeah. even if, let's say, you used to play piano, you gave it up for a few years, it, you know, as you're aging, it's if you enjoy piano, go back to playing piano and, you know, trying to keep that up even. Right. Now, and, and eating healthy and exercise, not only, only from a cardiovascular standpoint, because we know maintaining good cardiovascular health is going to help brain health, but we know it also helps to prevent some of those risk factors to increase Alzheimer's dementia. Right. And, you know, exercise keeps you from being stressed. And if you're doing more complicated exercise moves, like if you're just doing the same, same old thing, might not necessarily help with your brain pathways, but if you're learning new types of exercise, that actually can work the same way as learning new music. Yes. And I explain this to patients too when we talk about, okay, well, why does diseases like cardiovascular disease increase the risk of Alzheimer's dementia? Well, because the brain, it needs blood flowing up to the brain to provide nutrients and oxygen and everything it needs to function. Right. So if you're not moving your body and practicing good exercise and pumping that blood to your brain, then that's going to reduce the oxygen and the, and the nutrients and so forth to the brain. Well, let's focus on the nutrient side. So are, are there nutrients that people who have memory loss tend to be deficient in? There's two uh, that we know have absolutely been linked to memory loss. And first and foremost is vitamin B12 deficiency. And especially as we age, this is a common nutrient that we can become deficient in. And I have actually seen earlier in my career, I saw a few cases where the individual had initially been diagnosed as dementia or they, they thought that the patient was, you know... Suffering from dementia, yeah. That's right. We checked their vitamin D. It was basically non-existent. We gave them vitamin B12 and their memory basically became reestablished as it used to be. It wasn't dementia. It was just a B12 deficiency. Wow. So that was very dramatic case. It's not the case for everybody, but it really is true that B12, especially in the elderly, can make a massive difference in memory. So you know, B12 is a water-soluble vitamin. We know that in normal amounts, it doesn't seem to have harmful accumulative effects to take it, but it's really, you know, ideal is that you're getting your B12 levels checked with your doctor to see if you are truly deficient and how deficient you are, and then supplementing up to make sure you're at an appropriate level. Is there a way to get it in our diet, or do we need to supplement if we need more? If you need more, you'll need to supplement. Is certain foods like meat, egg yolks are high in B12 for people that are vegetarian brewers yeast. Mm-hmm. But if you are actually deficient from a standpoint where it's affecting your memory, you'll need to either use a sublingual supplement or get even better is an push, like an intramuscular needle injection. Oh, wow. Okay. And what's the other nutrient that people are deficient in when they have memory loss? Is B1. Okay. And that's really not as common. But for someone that's an alcoholic, it's more common. And it used to be thought is only in people as alcoholics. But for someone that maybe hasn't had the greatest diet and who is a heavier drinker, so is having multiple drinks a day, that could be something that they're deficient in. And B1 is not checked as much on blood, but you can obtain B1 from a multivitamin. Okay. Now, a lot of people, as they get older, they're on different medications. Can that impact your your memory? Absolutely. 
We know some of them really do. There's a list here I have. I don't know how many you want me to name out, but there's 10 most common ones that affect memory why, loss. Why don't you say them, and, and in the show notes for the show, we'll, we'll list all of them. Okay. okay. So anti-anxiety drugs, cholesterol medication, yep. anti-seizure drugs, antidepressant drugs, narcotic painkillers, Parkinson's drugs, hypertension drugs, so high blood pressure medication. Yep. Sleeping medication, incontinence drugs, and antihistamine. Wow, and you could probably add cannabis in there too, right? Absolutely, yeah. So if you are having memory loss and you're on one of those classifications of medication, it would be a really good idea to discuss with your doctor on what you could do to see if the medication is part of the cause or the entire reason why you're having the memory loss and whether you switch to a different type of medication, you you know, have a few days where you don't take it, see if it makes a difference, depending on what type of medication. You can't do that with all medications, but that's why you need to talk to your doctor to see what would be the best plan of action for you to see, to do some trial and error and see if that's, you know, cause and effect. Okay. Now, are there things that we can eat that will help us with memory? The old saw was, you know, fish is brain food. Is that true? In some ways, fish, because fish is so high in omega-3 fatty acids, and omega-3 fatty acids are really good for the brain. The brain is fat. The brain's made up of fat. Mm-hmm. And we know that omega-3 fatty acids, they not only help to support the brain matter, but they also help to support the uh, neurotransmitters, those messages that are sent back and forth in different areas of the brain to communicate. So fish absolutely does help. And then other foods that are rich in choline. And choline is a precursor to something known as acetylcholine. And this is a really important neurotransmitter for memory. We know it's found in high amounts in the areas of the brain that are important to memory. And we've seen that individuals that increase their acetylcholine in the brain can absolutely help with memory. So this is another reason um, why omega-3 fatty acids in fish may be beneficial. It's also Specifically, wild-caught cold water fish is high in choline, mm-hmm. as well as grass-fed beef, pastured eggs. So it's, these are important differentiations, too. We know that beef that's eaten grass is higher in choline compared to beef that's eaten a diet of soy and corn. Right. And the same with pastured eggs. So eggs from chickens that are allowed to go out in the, Free range. In the grass. Yep. Yep. Instead of, again, fed corn and soy, and then broccoli and cauliflower, also vegetables, higher in choline. Okay, we have time for one last question, and that is, are there any foods to avoid? Sugar. So we know that, I'm not sure if you've heard of something called diabetes type 3, which means that according to the Mayo Clinic, there's already an established link, which we didn't speak about. We, We said between diabetes and Alzheimer's, but it suggested that Alzheimer's may be triggered because of this insulin resistance in the brain. Okay, then. Well, this is all fantastic information, and and I hope we all remember it. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. You'll be back next month to discuss more natural health treatments, right? Absolutely. Fantastic. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Wayne Elliott, Naomi Bussin, Tracy Sograti, and Dr. Emily Lipinski, ND. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. 
During COVID-19, we're suspending distribution of the magazine, but Tonic is generally available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website, tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Next week on the show, we'll discuss pivoting to digital health, bringing hand-washing stations to remote locations, pre- and post-home workout protocols, and mood-boosting foods. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.